Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the NSAA High School Baseball Championships from Werner Park in Omaha on Friday, May 17th. Catch the Class C game at noon Central, Class B game at 3.30 p.m. Central, and Class A at 7 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. I, you know, I, I, I struggle with, you can tell, I'm always going to defend my players and my coaches. I struggle with the fact that, like, these players are here to get Nebraska football over the hump because it hasn't been over the hump, and these coaches are here. Like, when I go in for my heart exam and my doctor tells me I have uh, uh, calcium, <laughs> I, don't yell at the, I don't yell at the heart doctor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't yell at the guy trying to fix the problem. So why would anyone say anything bad about the kids that are out there playing to try to get us back to a bowl game? Why would anyone say anything about the coaches that are trying? Like, that's crazy to me. So I see the impact it has on young people. It's, 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 it's devastating to them. It really is. Most of my job is about, hey, guys, ignore the noise. Ignore it. Ignore what people are saying about you. And that, you know, I'm having to do that a little bit in recruiting sometimes, too. Like, yeah, coach, why would we, well, I don't know. Do the recruits need to hear everyone talk about that we're not good at this and not good at that? I don't know. So it's, it's the job. It's challenging. I, I relish this. I'm not complaining about it. You know, everybody has a job to do. Fans have. But I'm proud of our players. And they, I say this so that they hear it, their parents hear it. And a PFF score does not determine who they are. You know, um, Ethan Piper's out there playing with a broken hand. Right, he's pass protecting number four from Illinois, who's going to be a first-round draft pick with a broken hand, and we won the game. I'd hug the guy, not not grade him. Kicking off hour number two here on Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. That's Andrew Rogers. We're on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, also on ESPN Tri Cities as well. Really interesting stuff there from Coach Rule. The back half of that is super important to hear, too. Yeah, the PFF grades there. And, and I'm just relishing at the, um, like, knowing what the job is. Yes. Like, he's not making an excuse. Right. He, and, and the point that I made going into the break was, you know, he's not a fan of those yelling at the solution. And I like just that term, mm-hmm. like, because there, there is a ton of people out there. And he's like, I, you know, we're trying. We're building something. Like, you don't just – you don't build a house mm-hmm. in six weeks. Well, maybe you can, unless you're on ext- Extreme Home Makeover. You have, like, 300 people building Or have you seen those, like, 3D printed houses with the concrete? <laughs> yeah, those right. get done in, like, then two maybe weeks. You can. But, like, he understands what comes with the territory. Yeah. This job and the territory it comes with is you will take on a lot of criticism. Mm-hmm. It's like our jobs. Yeah. Everybody's job, really. But, you know, especially – In, like, it, public-facing it, jobs, yeah, there's and, more. It, Media personalities, you have, to, you have to figure out how to combat it. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? When I got attacked on, like, Twitter for something I said on the show or, you know, th- there were people at, in Omaha that would go to hockey games and they would, they would be keyboard warriors. Yeah. And I could, I could list off three right now. I'm not going to name blast them, but I could. Yeah. And there are the, they would always be like, oh, get this guy out of here, X, Y, and Z reason. And it, it's how, how do you block out the noise? Mm-hmm. How I blocked it out, I just put them on mute. Right? Sure. I didn't need to see it. Yeah. I didn't want to see it. So I just muted those people because they, what they did is not going to affect my work. It's kind of what Coach Rule mm-hmm. is saying with all of this, right? Not only with social media and, and, and just, you know, things that you hear because every, 
every college athlete has one of these in front of their mm-hmm. face all the time. But it's also what they hear in public and, and, you know, public reaction and things like that is how you block out that noise. My way was muting it. Sure. That's why he says stay off of Twitter. Yeah. You know, let me coach my team and, and players don't fall into the cesspool the that traps. may be, yeah. you know, right in front of your Right in front of your and face. And also, I think, and, and for the most part, right, I, I think the vast majority of the fan base, even when they're critical, do it out of a place of caring, right? There are a handful of people that are toxic and hateful and all these things, right? And they obviously cross lines, and that's pretty easy to tell. But most of the time, when people are critical, myself included, it's critical of on-field play, right? It's and the reason you're not critical of the person. No, you're critical of what's happening on the football field. They might be terrific people. I don't know. I don't know any of the players in a way that I would feel comfortable even discussing who they are as people. Just because I stop don't know. line. You hang out with Heinrich Harburg <laughs> every day. Me and H squared are like this. Uh, no, but it, you know it's one of those things where I, I actually prefer it that way because then I can just talk about the on-field stuff and not have like the thing that I hated the most was when I started finding things out about Scott Frost or hearing things about Scott Frost, things that had nothing to do with football, but were obviously, in my opinion— Because then you disliked him for the human Well, not just that. Versus the coach. But also, it, it, yeah, it tainted my view mm-hmm. of him, right? And so, sure. even if he had started to be successful, I would have had a really hard time rooting for him because of some of the things I had heard that were going on around this, uh, behind the scenes. And listen, there were rumors and innuendos and stuff that I couldn't report on because it was secondhand from a secondhand source or whatever, but they lined up with a lot of the things I was seeing, and that started to really bother me. And it did kind of tinge how I talked about him, and, and I think rightfully so because I don't think you could hear the things that everybody's heard now and think that he was going to be able to do a good job, right? That's not the case with any of the players. When I'm talking about a player, I'm only talking about what I see on the football field. And so I think the kind of the disconnect between what Coach Rule's saying and what a lot of fans see is he says don't get mad at the solution, right? I think what, pl- what fans see is, hey, maybe that player isn't the solution. Mm-hmm. Because we're looking at just the on-field performance. We're not looking at, hey, this guy's playing through an injury or this guy is an incredible locker room presence or this guy is building the culture we need. Right now, you know, like there's this, uh, and that's a real that's a real thing. Fans just don't believe what you believe. Well, and it's not just that they don't believe; it's just they don't know, right? They're not in the locker room. They're not in the building where they can see. The but kind even of, even if they have an injury or not healthy, they they may sure. say fully healthy. I still don't believe what Which you is believe, fair. right? Um, but they all but it, it's impossible for them to see the culture, the the leadership, the the teammate, uh, stuff that happens off the field, right? And to right now, I genuinely believe. Not that Matt Rule's not trying to win games, but I genuinely believe that stuff is as important, if not more important, to Coach Rule as the on-field stuff. Like, he wants you to be competent on-field. He doesn't want you to make mistakes. He wants you to play football the right way and do what you're asked. But for the future of this program, he talks constantly about building slowly and building a foundation and things like that. All the other stuff to him right now in year one is just as important as the on-field stuff because that's the stuff that lasts, the leadership the being a good teammate, the building the culture, that is the stuff that can transcend your time at a certain institution because you've left a legacy for younger players to take up that mantle, right? You could have Ethan Piper be an Mm All-American at his spot, right? That legacy doesn't filter down. If he's a really good player and 
He's a great leader and a great teammate and sets a great culture. That's what filters down to everybody else in the offensive line room, right? That's more important in year one for Matt Rule than having an All-American in Ethan Piper if, if he ended up being that good, right? So that, to me, is where there's a little bit of a disconnect where fans talk about things one way and Coach Rule is going to talk about it in another way. That's why the grades don't mean much. Certainly right now, maybe not ever for him, but year one, those grades don't mean a whole hell of a lot to him. And that's okay. But they won't matter to him ever. No. And, and but I think that's his what, that, internal grades will matter more to him down the road. Well, yeah, because he, he uses PFF for more things than yes. just those grades. Yeah, we're like, right, he, right. He even said, like, you know, the film and the way that they break things down by yes. play. He's like, I'm a stat nerd, too. I, I love that it's stuff. It's going to be so super there's, helpful. There's things that he likes. There's things that he dislikes. But, yes, um, the, the, it's you kind of have to – even out the scale, right? Mm -hmm. The scale is, yes, you want development. Yes, you want this foundation. And the other side of the scale is you want to win now. I remember having this conversation with JR, uh, my long-lost Uncle Johnny Rogers. um, (laughs) And he was so dead set on win now because of like you know the transfer portal anybody can come in mm-hmm. and, and you know just you you can still win now why why worry about development when you live in this new age of college football but at the same time I'm still on the foundational side of things where you still need not only do you need to establish something for these players to grow because yes they could leave at any point but mm-hmm. you the, the goal is to make them not make right? them not want to leave right and, and he and, talked about that yesterday right? too. The, the goal is to not, not like put pressure on them to to strive for more, but like you know, the expectation is is to hey, you reach this level, you will play, you will do big things. Mm-hmm. But the foundation isn't just that. The foundation is getting back to a point of relevance. What how Nebraska football can be something again? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not always about hey, you win now because of the transfer portal, these guys, that guys, whatever. And it's not always just about the development aspect. It's just about pouring something mm-hmm. that is sustainable. Yeah. And, and getting back to a state of sustenance. So now, okay, now you take that to the next level and to the next level. And if you aren't making that progress, then you look for a different solution. Um, and so that's why I still kind of lean to the left side of the scale versus like, hey, win now, transfer portal. Yeah. Because you want the win now and the foundation, right? That, yeah. that's, if you could have the best of both worlds, that's, you that's what you want. But right? if you have to pick one. And sometimes you do. If I had to pick one, you pick foundation. If I had to pick one, I'd want to pick win now. <laughs> Let's all win. Uh, but I, I'm looking at a long-term result. Right. If you're looking at, hey, I, I want Nebraska to be good for the next decade. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to build something to where other people out there see that yes. you've built something special. Because what if we – I mean, listen, I know the transfer portal. So it's like the Michigan blue plan. Blueprint. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the Michigan blueprint. I, and he said that, right? He's literally – pointed to Michigan as the goal, right? But, I mean, look at the teams that, and we're going to get to our our AMA here in just a minute, but look at the teams that have gone the transfer portal route in college football, right? Sometimes it leads into success. Michigan State is a a good example in year 200 Mel Tucker. (laughs) That helps, yeah, right? But that was a huge transfer-heavy team, and they won that year, and then everybody left, and... Where have they been since then, mm-hmm. right? Well, a lot of times when you leave a team, it's not because you're really good and you're looking for a new start. 
right? Yeah, the, the type if of If you're really good, you're probably still on that team playing. Unless you're going like a, like a, a Cam Ward from, from Washington State that went from Incarnate Word where he was balling out and was, that was not a high enough level for him. Sam Hartman from Wake, Wake Forest, Forest to Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yes. I, look, there are, certain there, there are players yes. that do that, but majority of the people in the portal are not fantastic football players. Like, they're great players because they got to a college and they're playing the sport. But if they were fantastic, if they were fantastic, they yeah. would not have left that team. They would be on that team. They'd be a starter. They could be a starter on another team. Yeah. Like MJ Sherman is fantastic for the Huskers. He came over from Georgia, but he played a lot of special teams. Yeah, like he, special he was team unable to take that next step versus the other guys in that room. So he made it uh, his ability here. Those people work in the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. The Sam Hartmans work in the transfer portal. We look at Eric Gilbert, though, that had all the promise in the world with stars next to his name, and he left schools because he had problems. It was personal was problems. problems. Yeah, and and like you get a lot of that in the portal too. So yeah. the portal isn't just this this great place full of sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows <laughs> where you just pluck one out and you know it's going to be yeah. perfect. You have it's to, not. You have to choose wisely. More times than not, it's it's not perfect. Yeah. Well, and there's this there. It depends a ton on the reason a guy's in the portal because sometimes you have coaching changes and you're like, hey, I want to move on. My coach moved on. Totally understandable, right? Sometimes you have guys that. Or hey, you want to take that next step. Yeah, hey, I've outplayed the level that I'm currently at. I didn't have these offers coming out of high school. I want to challenge myself at a higher level. That totally makes sense. Those are guys that I would bet on. And then you've got guys that had a lot of promise that maybe they got buried on a depth chart or whatever, guys like MJ Sherman, who you're like, hey, I contributed. I was a good teammate, but I'd like a bigger opportunity. Mm -hmm. That makes a ton of sense. But there's a lot of guys in the portal that either have never learned how to persevere through adversity and learn how to fight for a spot and things like that because they've been the man the entire time they've ever played the game, right? Or you've got guys that got in a little bit of trouble. I'm not saying you should write all those guys off, but you have to be careful which guys you take out of the portal, mm -hmm. right? And I think Coach Rule's been not just with the portal but with recruits too. You heard him talk about it yesterday. Hey, I want guys that really want to be here. I want guys because we're going to ask a lot of them. It's like we're going to love you a lot, but we're going to demand a lot as well. Those are You don't want guys that are wishy-washy about you if you're going to demand a lot of them. You need guys that are 100% in. And so I think you have to be really careful with the transfer portal if you're going to coach that way. And, I mean, we're seeing it and right. And that's why Coach Rule isn't. Yeah. That's that, why he is dead set on development. Yeah, and, and is he going to take guys out of the portal? Absolutely, right? But he's going to be choosy about the guys he takes out of the portal. The last thing I'll say, too, is he, there's two guys in a scenario. One guy is handed – a million dollars. The other guy had to work 10 years for a million dollars. Mm -hmm. Which guy would you rather have? Actually, I'll make it easier. One guy was handed a million dollars. One guy had to work two years to get to a million dollars. Which guy would you rather have? I'd rather have the worker. You'd rather have the guy that took all this life experience mm -hmm. at the same time to get to somewhere. Mm -hmm. But you had to develop to get to that point, yeah, right? Absolutely. You didn't just come out of high school with your sheer natural talent and hand the million dollars and you're going to be this outstanding player. Y yes, and some cases you are mm -hmm. because you're, you're going to be the best of the best. But unless you work hard for something, I would rather have the second of the two. That's, why I, that's part of the reason I love a guy like Joe Burrow, right? Like, yeah, he transferred, mm -hmm. but he worked. He stayed there. He tried to win the job at... He tried to win the job at Ohio State. He was stuck behind first-round quarterbacks. He battled through adversity. He battled through it. He gave himself another opportunity, battled through, was never really considered the guy, and ends up being in the position he's in now. That dude has worked for everything he's ever gotten. That's why I like a guy like Brock Purdy, who's a total afterthought, right? Was third string on the depth chart, has battled through everything he's gotten. That dude wasn't a 
four or five star coming out of high school. That dude, he went to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Four star quarterbacks don't go to Iowa State. Right. Like he had to work for everything he got. And other than Hunter Deckers. <laughs> We'll just forget about him. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want the worker because those are the guys that you can well, count on long term. It's just all about maturity. Yeah. Right? I would rather have an athlete in any sport yeah. that is super mature because they had to, they had to take the, the rocky highway yeah. to get to where they are rather than the one that flew in the fast lane on the new pavement. Absolutely. Um, let's switch gears a little bit here. Let's do it. Let's uh, yeah, gonna, we can carry this over into yeah, absolutely. as well. We're going to do our our uh, AMA, and that's brought to you by Dingman's Collision Center. Dingman's has been in business in Omaha for over 25 years, family-owned and operated. They've got the latest technology to work on whatever make and model you've got, and that has led them to being first place best of Omaha for 18 years running. Another factor in that, they always give back with every vehicle repaired. They give back to the community. Go check it out at dingmans.com. Com. All right. Right there. Andrew and I have a little AMA for each other. We're gonna probably going to carry this into the next segment as well. But here we go. You want to go first or me go first? It doesn't matter. All right, I'll go first. This kind of nice little transition here goes into from what we were talking about with All Matt right, Rule a little bit. He said in that press conference yesterday, he goes, Iowa and Wisconsin was a beautiful <laughs> football game to him. I personally disagree. What is your preferred version of football, i.e., what is your beautiful, what is beautiful football, football game, football game? Look like? The one that the Bears win. Uh, no, Unfortunately, one, no well, one's ever seen that. Uh, one that nobody gets hurt in? Uh, no. That, Stylistically. Yeah, that's not a beautiful football game. No, not for me. Um, the, you know, e- even as somebody that – and I haven't coached as long as Coach Rule, um, but even that somebody that's coached baseball, mm-hmm. like a beautiful game to me isn't a uh, – isn't that. Right, yeah. a pitching duel is a beautiful game in baseball, right? Yeah. right? But it's you're getting it on both sides. It, it's not really like, like Wisconsin Iowa felt more about inept offenses than it did great yeah. defenses, and those defenses are good. Don't get me wrong, right? But the ineptitude of the offenses was very and, much. And, and on baseball display. is just a different sport yeah. than, than football altogether. But a, a beautiful game to me is something that goes down to the wire. Yeah. It's not something that scores 45 points. Both teams aren't scoring 45 points for me. Yeah. A beautiful football game is you 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 don't turn the ball over, mm-hmm. right? You, you have, clean football. You have a very clean football game, and it, it probably ends somewhere around the 31-24 mark. Sure. Right, where, oh, you win by a touchdown. Or, you know, you win by a – let's do it because Andrew loves kickers. You win by a game-winning field goal. Like, that's <laughs> a beautiful football game to me. Um, it, it's not that because that that is a game you turn off. Yes, that was ugly. Whether you really, really enjoy, um, like, defensive football or not, that's a game you turn off because there's other games on TV that that are, are just more entertaining to watch Absolutely. at that moment. Yeah. And that's where the difference comes with a pitching duel. You watch a pitching duel because you're like, oh, my gosh, nobody's scoring, and these guys are just pumping, and this is actually fun because yeah. you have two of the best pitchers, and, you know, one guy may be throwing a no-hitter, and, like, there, there's something that, to reach for in a game like that. There's nothing to reach for in a game that ends 15 to 6. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing. It's uh, not a beautiful football game. Uh, that is the only knock that I ha- have to say about Coach Rule, but he sees things a lot differently than I do, oh, so sure. I'll let him call whatever is beautiful as long as the Huskers keep winning football games. Yeah, this is a beauty is in the eye of the beholder type situation, right? Uh, mine is probably 
it, listen, it's not a perfect football game, but something kind of stylistically of like that Washington Oregon game. Like Oregon made yeah. mistakes for yeah. sure mm-hmm. um, in terms of some of their fourth down decisions, stuff like that. So it's not perfect, but yeah, pretty high level execution on both sides. I felt like that game was decided mostly it's a by very good football game. Yeah, back and forth, yeah. back and forth, back is great and football. Forth, uh, you know, like. Uh, Washington took a lead, like 29-18, I think. Oregon comes back, takes a lead. Washington ends up winning. There's a missed field goal at the end that would have sent it to overtime. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a really good football Well, game. and, like, a, a stylistically, passing isn't all it for me. No. Like, I want a little bit of a mix and run, and I want a little bit, bit that's of why mixing that, and passing. That's why that game was good, because Oregon was run right. heavy. Washington took some shots. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. Of, I thought that. But, I mean, but even Oregon, like they, they would they would have their pass plays yeah, they've too. They got balance. Like they they run the yeah. ball extremely well, but they have really good balance yeah. on the offensive side. But if you're throwing the ball like you were in that Oklahoma State Kansas game, like that's not overly fun either because all you're doing is scoring points. And then again, you're, like re- seven you're, seven. you're way too high for me now. Yeah. Like that's too many points for me in, in a beautiful football game. Iowa Wisconsin's too low of points in a beautiful. I need some resistance. Game. I need something in between, yeah. and I need a little. Uh, I need a little. Um, like wow factor, shock factor sure. at the yeah, end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a um, that was a really terrific football game, and and that's that's kind of right up my alley. Is that wa- Washington Oregon game? All right, my what, question I agree. to you. I agree. That was a fantastic game. My question to you: Slay, stay, go away. Okay. Okay. The 2004 Red Sox World Series. Okay. The 1982 49ers Super Bowl win. Okay. And the 1995 Husker National Championship. Slay, stay, go away. This is another form of, what, bed, wed, behead? Yeah. And uh, if, I, if we got even, like, deeper yeah. into the explicit category, What's, you know where uh, I'm trying to go. So Slay is, like, my favorite one? Yes. Okay. So my favorite one is definitely 04 Red Sox. Okay. Um, stay is 95 Huskers. And I'll let go of the 82 49ers because I just wasn't alive and don't remember it. Oh, man. You should have gone 49ers. That all, right, all right, we'll change it. We'll go 94-49ers. Are you still, are you still kicking I'm them off the ledge? Still letting the 49ers go on that one. The but reason it, I brought a, up 82 was because, like, that was the football yes, game. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. was That was the catch in the NFC Championship yep, game. Yeah, that's the Dwight Clark. That, that one just doesn't mean as much to me because I wasn't there. I didn't mm-hmm. remember it. Like, the other two I have very specific memories of, so they're really special to me. Um, 82 I don't really have as many memories of. I loved that 94-49ers team, but... The 95 Huskers and the and the 04. I mean, the 04 Red Sox is probably my favorite sports thing that's ever happened. So, like that. Not mine. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm not really, but <laughs> Listen, I remember I was you in, got one two years later. You're I was fine. in Florida. Oh, stop it. You're fine. Stop it. <laughs> I was in Florida watching that whole series just fall apart. Yeah. I remember I was in a hotel room and we weren't in like. Uh, the nicest of hotel rooms. Sure. I, I, I remember the TV being, and this was 04, um, so there weren't like flat screens or anything, but I remember the box TV yep. close to the ground mm-hmm. watching Johnny Damon just whack one to right field, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I'm only, I'm only seven at the yeah. time, and like the fact that I have such a vivid memory of that moment is uh, pretty crazy. Well, so that's yes. about the same age I was for the 95 Huskers was I was about seven, eight years old, and I have like vivid memories of not only the championship game, but that team throughout the season is like I've got it, it's about that age. I feel like six, seven, eight, where you have start having like really specific memories. Sure, sure. Uh, number two for me, would you rather see? We've got a minute here. Would you rather see NFL players playing flag football in the Olympics <laughs> or MLB players playing 
baseball in the Olympics. NFL players playing flag football Absolutely. because we already have the World Baseball Classic yeah. where Major League Baseball players um, you know, thrive. I need Tyreek Hill on the go route in flag football. And Let's don't get go. me wrong, like I, I still want to see college baseball players as our Olympic team. Yeah. Like, I think that would be awesome. And I think that would be fair for the rest of the league too. Yeah, for the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. As long as we get every college baseball player and, like, if you come – like, if you have, you know, Hispanic descent or the or Japanese, Japanese guy descent, that is coming over like to play whatever, college ball. He has to play for the U.S. team. Okay. Though. So, if you like, play college baseball in the U.S., you have your, to be – That's your elite. Yes. Or okay. you don't play. Right. Okay. Because I don't want the World Baseball Classic to happen with yeah. college baseball players because college baseball players come from everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have foreign exchange students all the time in college. Absolutely. You're just coming here for opportunity. Yeah. Not just a Japanese baseball player, but from, like, the Dominican. Sure. And, and you know, wherever. So, um, yes, I love that you want to play for, like, you know, your ancestry. Yeah. But if you're playing in the Olympics and you're in college, you are definitely playing <laughs> for the U.S. team. All right, we will continue this on the other side. More Hurtout Sports Radio coming up next.